Halloween uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about fear right when I was a kid what was I scared of and honestly what were some of the things I was really afraid of that was super rational um, unfortunately this is no slant against my parents but I watched Jaws probably at about five years old <laughs> or maybe dude I was a young kid and I was scared of bats and uh, for a while, like, I don't know why, man, I just thought like, and then in, in open water, it'd be like a river. Or so I'd have this irrational fear of sharks for a while when I was young. And I thought that's, you know, and I don't like oceans, probably wouldn't go surfing now. Um, definitely wouldn't go swimming in an ocean. Um, but that, that movie really impacted the fuck out of me. It's crazy looking back. Um, and I did one of these float tanks, right? And I feel fearful sometimes in the float tank, actually. Like, there's this shark that's going to get me. Um, and it reminds me of, well, I think, one of the most... I've had a few profound dreams, right? And uh, I'll, maybe, I'll talk, I'll, maybe I'll talk about the profound dream. It doesn't really uh, lead into the fear thing. But it does. I'll just share it. And I might have already shared this story. So this dream where I was surfing on a paddleboard and I kind of was like uh, laying on my laying on my stomach I think looking on a phone 
and I started really close to the shore, right? And um, I was just staring at my phone the whole time. And then I looked up and the shore was so fucking far uh, from me. And I was immediately filled with fear. The same kind of fear I had, I think when I watched Jaws and this impending thing of something closing in on you. And I think that's kind of the concept of Jaws, which is life and death. Death is... Death is the the thing that it's slowly coming towards you from the deep, from the depths. <laughs> you don't see it coming, right? Because um, that death is that badass shark, dude. He's that. I, people, I don't know why people don't have him as a reaper, dude. He's that that land shark. <laughs> coming to snack you up, dude. No pun intended. Uh, Jesus. So. What did I think about that dream after that? During that time, the dream, for me, I was my, what would it called? My Jungian analysis was that if I continued to spend my life looking at my phone, I would drift further and further from the shores of reality. So, and I would be in a place where it'd be hard to get back. It'd be difficult to get back to a place of groundedness. And sometimes, and there's this whole thing of being on the phone, surfing the web, surfing the internet, where they're like this weird, it's a weird dream, dude. And I don't, I mean, the dreams I remember are usually profound dreams. Um, but that was one of them, and it has to do with fear, I guess. Um, next thing I saw <laughs> uh, that, that has to do with fear was like goosebumps. And I don't know why, but... For, for those who've watched Goosebumps, the old one in the 90s. Yeah, I watched this Goosebumps probably when I was six years old, maybe seven now. And it was the episode where there was these garden gnomes, okay? And the garden gnomes were just mafia taking people out, right? And my neighbor, or there were some people who I, I knew they had garden gnomes in real life. So it wasn't something that I'd only seen on the screen. God damn. So I really, I had this irrational fear of garden gnomes till I was about 13 years old. And uh, I don't know, I guess that's difficult to share the whole garden gnome thing. Um, but I, garden gnomes, sharks, uh, probably two biggest fears growing up. Um, oh, Dracula. This was another bright idea my parents had. I would probably same age, okay? I had night terrors, I think, from seeing this. Um, I don't think... There was a time where people didn't really know, I think, the outcome of having your child look at a screen. Right? I think now you should be knowledgeable. But at a time where it was new to have a TV in your house and even the ability to watch something... Um, like, well, it, how do you know if it's bad if a, a child watches, uh, what was it called, Bram Stoker's Dracula? I think it was something like that. And this dude, I remember the scene gets cut in half with a finger by a vampire. And in that moment when I'm watching it as a child, like I'm like, holy shit. And um, I think I was done. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what vampire movie that was, but it traumatized me a little bit in the sense that I remember shortly after that, um, I, uh, 
was where was I? It was like at some Best Western hotels. Had a headed on a vacation somewhere, and we were staying at a hotel, and I had this nightmare about vampires because in the scene i think a vampire goes to a hotel and does this act where he cuts people in half or whatever and so i just was thinking the whole time like fuck this is the place dude this is the fucking place where they come i was thinking this the whole time i guess and i might have been my parents might have comforted me but uh, I ended up like trying to sleep on the floor under close to the bed just in anticipation in case these uh, bad guys came in, they weren't going to see me. So I was playing that hiding game. You know what I mean? Kids love to hide. Uh, that's a funny, interesting thing. I think it's a human thing to hide. And I find it fascinating that a common reoccurring dream for many people is that they're being chased and they need to find some place of fortitude, seclusion. I don't know. Um, security, safety. Who fucking knows what the right word is? Doesn't matter. So uh, fear, man. And it's interesting where you have a season culturally in America where the whole idea is we're going to scare the shit out of kids. Okay? It doesn't matter if your kid is uh, two years old. We're going to put a dead body hanging from the ceiling in our grocery store. (laughs) And then you're going to say, what's that? It's a dead body. Or you'll say it's a skeleton, right? And it's going to take a while maybe for them to even understand that that skeleton is supposed to represent somebody who's dead. So now I understand the propaganda like people see so many violent things on TV and the screen. That's true. But in our culture, dude, we're just every year throwing around dead shit like, hey, don't care who you are. Look at all this and people put it on their property, like, here's dead zombies, and here's some grotesque shit, and it's it's fascinating, right? And it's an important thing, right, to understand that uh, death is a part of life, and I think it's important to connect these things with the seasons and blah, 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 blah. Religion's cool, cultures, pagans, Halloween, whatever. Um, the fear part is interesting. And there was this event in Korea where there's a mass death event, I guess. I don't know. I didn't, hey, you know me, I don't read. Okay, first of all, uh, I read part of a headline. <laughs> didn't even read the whole fucking thing. Why waste my time? Um, but it just said like a lot of people died in Korea. And I think they were something like, uh, What's that rapper who uh, all those people got crushed? Or did they? Um, What was that? Who was that rapper, man? I can't remember. I want to say like, Jesus Christ, I can't remember. Never listened to his music. I've listened to a couple of his songs, I'm sure. But um, anyways, I want to say like Astro, something Astro World. The Astral World thing, similar type event, but I guess more casualties in Korea, which is a terrible thing. And you wonder how that happens. And it's just unfortunate. Uh, coincidence? Maybe. Who knows? Or maybe it was an occult ritual. Everybody wake up. And I, my best advice is once you see something like that where everybody gathers for something, 
Don't be a person who goes to events where people gather like that. You know what I mean? You're bound to get in a difficult situation. So I probably won't. I don't know what event they uh, that situation occurred at, but I'm I'm sure that I will never attend one of those events. It's not going to be for me. I'm not into crowds. And here's something too. Uh, I was in Vegas on a New Year's one year on the Strip. And I feel like that was the closest thing to where I felt in my life. Like, oh, yo, I can't move. I can't get out. And it was a little bit nerve-wracking for some people. Um, I forget. I wish I could recall the story better. I could just make up shit and pretend it's real. But um, I do remember that some people felt very claustrophobic and... We're screaming like, move, move, we can't move. And uh, man, yeah, that was an interesting experience. So I can relate on some small level of being trapped. But I didn't feel trapped because it's Vegas. I mean, even <laughs> Vegas is great. Yeah. And one of the best parts about Vegas, people don't know this, um, the Casino Air. Now, Casino Air is if you could bottle it and sell it or have a if you sold air conditioners or air units and the name was Casino Air, hey, profits through the roof. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons why. I don't, Casino Air has, first of all, a conspiracy behind it. Now, not many air dispense, like I think about uh, not many air conditioners, not many air, what are these systems called? Air systems? What are, fuck, dude. Uh, there's not many heating and air companies that have a myth behind them, I guess. You know, they're all basic-ass fucking companies. But Casino Air. Now, if you sold somebody Casino Air, my point is most people are just sell, selling you basic-ass heating and cooling. That basic-ass AC and heating. Now, think about if someone sold you something a little bit like that, but it was called Casino Air, and you got air that was top of the line, Casino. It's casino like quality. And if you don't know what Casino Air is like, go to the, oh man, it's just beautiful air. Go to the Bellagio, go to the Caesars, go to the, go to the right casinos. You go to the wrong casinos, you get the different kind of Casino Air. Um, and, the good casino air has a nice conspiracy about it. What is the conspiracy? The conspiracy behind casino air is that they oxidize, I think, or they the air they put out is somehow conditioned. I think it's oxidized. I don't fucking know, dude. I'm not a heating and air guy. But uh, it's has something done to it to invigorate the individual, and it's all natural. So there are no chemicals. It's just more oxygen somehow. I don't even get the conspiracy. The conspiracy is to keep people more awake and alert while they're at the casino. Because sometimes people say it smells like cigarette smoke. A little. You know what I mean? And sometimes it does. But granted, that smoke is taken straight up because the casino air ventilation system is so fucking good. That's how good it is. That, and that's also another selling aspect. When you buy the casino air, you don't condone smoking in the house. Some people do, right? But you get the casino air system 
you could have a you be you could have people come over and smoke. It's chill. It's a hundred percent chill because you got the casino air system. Not only will will the smoke be filtered naturally, the incoming air will probably be better for them and everybody in the room. It'll keep them awake and uh, drive a, a stimulating conversation. So that's you know I'm not. Take this idea. If you don't have any ideas in your life, right, and you're looking for ideas, here's one. Casino air. Go go do what you want with it, man. Or don't. You could do a lot of things with casino air. You could make a YouTube video about casino air. Because some people have, I've noticed, and here's something. I hate to be on the forefront, but I often am. And I wonder how much longer it will last. But I've been talking about the dying conspiracy culture for a few episodes right i've been talking about it for a while and i've talked about things that are now like for example like the ex-truther community um the the non non not like the what are they called the people who don't pursue knowledge uh people who aren't knowledge chasers it's a jim bob thing but now there's i think in a an adaption of this perspective I've been kind of, I wouldn't say it's mine, but I've been seeing, right? Um, It's something I've observed in the communities that I'm not necessarily a part of, rather. I'm more on the outside looking in that, oh, conspiracy is not cool anymore. In the sense that people, the value of it has dissipated. Right, there was some real value in conspiracy when people actually were being lied to for two years. <laughs> but now that we all know we're being lied to, everybody's in a position where they're saying, "All right, all right, all right. I don't need any more truth. I don't need any more knowledge. I don't need any more folders." Right, as Jim Bob would say. And I'm not saying I'm hip. I'm I'm saying I maybe I saw everybody else. So if you're I saw everybody else do this, and maybe I was late to the game and even reacting with my thoughts, noticing the dying culture. Um, and I think there's a few things that have generally been done to diminish the culture. There's a couple unfortunate acts in the past six months where individuals have committed some crime and in the news report uh it's usually associated with being a conspiracy theorist so now whether people like it or not uh the general narrative is a lot of conspiracy theorists are fucking crazy (laughs) which is true right uh which is true so but i've met crazy christians right i've met uh crazy um that's about it I've met crazy people of all types and all backgrounds who probably don't have a denomination or a religious affiliation. Uh, I don't think, and here's the other thing, and I've made this point, right? Um, This idea that conspiracy theorists are people who only discuss JFK, um, I don't know, basic conspiracy, conspiracy theory, ah, fuck, conspiracy theory shit. People would just talk about that Fuck, what was I going to say, man? When you lose your ability to really speak well, 
you can forget your train of thought. Um, but yeah, man, conspiracy theorists. So the culture's changing. Um, and it's, it's not bad to know the things a conspiracy theorist knows. I think people are just more adverse to being told more information or new information, or in some sense it's in, there was a time where just, if you think about the online world, right. As like a physical world, there's this thing called soliciting. So in the physical world, people come to your door and they say, Hey, do you want to buy solar panels? And you'll look at them and they'll say, you know what? Maybe, maybe not take your card to leave. Right. Um, so that's soliciting, right? People trying to sell stuff. So online, I think the soliciting is also occurring. People are trying to sell you information, news, or conspiracies. Um, but right now, from my perspective, right, personally, uh, conspiracies rely on events. So it's... You the only reason conspiracy theorists became cool in the last two years was because of the event, and everybody was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" I don't. I think naturally everyone kind of woke up to what was happening. It's like, "Hey, what's what's going on isn't normal." They went to their friend who thought differently, and so I think all conspiracy theorists saw an uptick in people's interest in their opinion. Maybe in the past two years, maybe not. Maybe some people <laughs> notice no changes. Um, but if you did think differently, though, I think you saw what was unfolding in the last two years from the jump. I certainly did. Um, and I'm proud of that, by the way. Uh, that And you look at where's, where's the receipts of me being ahead of it. Just look at my Instagram and the Provo Kid Genesis, right? Um, I hated the whole thing the whole way through. From the fucking jump, dude. Uh, but the, the last two years were... Also the best, driving everywhere, empty roads, and stores weren't as crowded. You know, God blesses sometimes when he takes away. People don't see that. People did not see the blessings that were to be taken during the last two years. I had a great last two years, okay? And here's one example. If you wanted to go to Vegas in the last two years, which I've been often, right, you could go... You would drive to Vegas, okay? There were no cars on the road. No trucks. Well, you'd have a, no trucks, no cars. You'd only have semis, right? And it was kind of the coolest experience ever to be in a time and age where it felt like you were the only person willing to go outside. <laughs> and then you get to the crap stable, right? Because there was a time when, yeah, they weren't open, whatever, whatever. And then you're, you're gambling uh, at a casino. And it's you... And this dealer who has a smoker's cough, right? And it's mid, mid, it's, it's peak pandemic. You know what I'm saying? And this guy, <clears throat> and he's got a mask on or whatever. But, and you know, he's just waiting for his next smoker break. And I have no fucking concern. I even got like, uh, you know, what would you call it? Several people at, with me who quote unquote at risk, right? <laughs> and so I'm fucking taking chips you know, stacking them, packing them, tossing them. And everybody's touching them, right? And it was weird. There was a time where they would uh, intermittently bring someone in and then, then like wipe them all down and then slowly that changed. And then they had the plastic things. Those were fucking terrible. Bonking your head. That shit was stupid as fuck. 
Some of this stuff was so fucking stupid. The fact that anybody allowed it to happen, just the general stupidity of our entire culture to pretend that some of this shit worked or did anything is beyond me, right? The, the Putting the number six all throughout a fucking store. <laughs> it's just, dude, it's six. Why is it? I don't know, but just stay it. And the stupid fucking propaganda we all had to hear. Oh my God. Uh, anyways, best two years of my life because, hey, I live fucking normally, dude. Uh, I did what I wanted. Because as an anarchist, you find yourself doing that. You know what I mean? You, you just question the authority. Um, and now my point being full circle is once that event is passed, right? Everything, I hate to say it, is almost back to normal for a lot a large part of America and everybody else where nobody's interested in finding the truth anymore. It's either, you know what happened or you don't, you accept it or you don't. It's all there for everyone to, to kind of see and figure out. Um, and now I think we're all waiting for the next event, whatever the fuck that is. I hope things mellow out. I want another nineties for eight years. I hope the Ukraine situation dies out and I get, I don't know, Eight years and 90s. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, I'm thinking more of relaxed international interactions with the world at large. And I know there's people who can point to different things the United States did in the 90s. And, the, you know, I get it. Um, but I'm just generally thinking about the propaganda was more, I would, even the propaganda in the 90s sucked. All propaganda sucked. I just feel like, there was a time when, and here's the propaganda that in the 90s, here's what I do like, right? All the, what the 90s was and why people liked it, it was the last fucking generation where everybody interacted on a real authentic level because when they were with you, they were with you. They didn't have a phone. They weren't waiting for someone to call them. They were just with you, right? And the feeling of just being with someone has been fucking lost, right? And people try to recreate it. They're like, oh, come to my stand-up show. Put your phone in here so we can all feel like we're with each other, right? And there's this real big thing, I would say, that is dissipated, that has left the American paradigm and the world, unless <laughs> some parts of the world don't have this problem I'm talking about. They're with each other all the time. They got no choice. They got no tech. They're a low-tech country. And there are, I mean, where are your blessings? Maybe you live in a situation where there is no technology, but at least you're actually with people who want to be with you, maybe in some regards. But maybe there's some people who don't want to be with you. <laughs> uh, that's a funny thing to think about, um, certainly. But I think that's the nostalgia I am more drawing towards and would like to, re if, the, if the future could recreate that uh, in some way where you start interacting in, I would say authentic more authentic ways with people and you can have online interactions you can have texts with the closest people in your life you can have zoom calls i think those are all uh shades of authenticity it's not really authentic um it's oh, how would you put it it's it it's an attempt right it, it's it's what you do when you can't do the real thing right? If you can do the real thing, you do it. So, which is be with somebody. Um, I mean, even with your with people, like I said, nowadays, there's always the potential that 
they might have to fucking look at their phone or answer a call or they might be doing something. The 90s fucking ruled. And people can recreate the 90s. I'm, hey, I try to recreate the 90s every day in my life. I swear to God. <laughs> and I need to get better at it. I, I'm, I'm, I really need to focus in on how I can. And I've been a proponent of reducing tech in my life. But when you find it to be your, and unfortunately, this is my main thought. My artistic medium is the internet. Right. I don't think Leonardo, I, I think some of the artists in the past, absolutely they'd be using a computer. I don't think everybody would be using a fucking canvas and brush like Michelangelo. Or, oh. You can fucking name, I'm thinking of Ninja Turtles. Anytime I start saying artists, I start thinking of Ninja Turtles, which is uh, a funny thing because I saw a recent Ninja Turtles thing and they look like old men and it's called teenage mutant ninja turtles so i maybe i should have read it and i was maybe it's the older what would they be called teenage they just be called mutant ninja turtles or would they be called adult cuz you're keeping with the age emphasis young adult mutant turtles they looked out old as fuck it's like whoever fucking approved that shit uh, and I'm not here to slam artists of any type. So if you made that art, props to you, honestly. If you made that Ninja Turtle art and made the guy look old as fuck. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe it was his dream his whole life to create a Ninja Turtle that looked like him. <laughs> and nobody knew it. Um, fuck, man. Why am I talking about that shit? Uh, what else can I talk about? Halfway through the show, I made it. All right, so welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Provo Kid Podcast. The intro song to the podcast uh, was Witches in Salt Lake City by No Such Animal, a great local band. And I played that because it's seasonal. Witches, Halloween, what have you. It's just good content. Um, It's in season. So... What else do I have to say about the world? You know what? I have a lot of things to say, which is good. Otherwise, what would I be here for? Um, what do I want to talk about? There was a couple of things I wanted to talk about. And I backfiled them because I started the conversation with one thing in fucking mind. <laughs> and I, I had two things I wanted to talk about. And I did good. I did a half hour. And now I can't remember the other thing that I was, uh, geez, it would have been an excellent segment. Don't, maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe it will come back to me. Um, podcast so far is doing great. Um, man, Halloween. Do I want to talk about that? I was talking about fear. Do I want to talk more about fear? Um, no, I don't know, man. It is strange how we go to fear, to gratitude, to uh, what would if, if Thanksgiving's gratitude, Christmas would be. Um, no, what would Christmas be? Thoughtfulness. I don't fucking know, dude. All I know is Halloween. Here's something I did notice. Uh, the day after sun- Sunday, right? I went around about 
with today's Monday. I went out and about on Sunday, okay? Just in town, you know, doing a couple things. And I thought, hey, nobody's out. Felt a little strange. And on Sunday, it's one of my favorite times to drive in Utah. If you don't know this, most most of Utah might identify themselves as LDS, right? Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. So they don't go out and do things on Sunday. So there's no traffic, right? If you wanted, it used to be when people went to movies, if you wanted to go see a movie, you could buy a ticket on Sunday anytime, anytime. And it was the best. Uh, but now every day is Sunday at a movie theater, which is interesting. Nobody gives a fuck about movies. <laughs> movie theaters used to be dope as fuck, dude. Uh, I loved movie theaters. Still do, but like, what the fuck? What for? Uh, unless they have another Top Gun coming out, I ain't going. Right. Um, I don't, there's no more movie stars. Anybody notice that? They're all disappearing. Uh, <laughs> talent's diminishing. People, there's less and less talent, I think. Uh, and this is no slam on the youth. I actually believe that um, there, maybe there's more talent more talent in the individuals there are today but you just look around like why aren't there more why isn't there another Socrates you know why isn't there another great artist it seems as though there aren't really any great people anymore people have kind of just occupied themselves with meandering type things and so greatness in our country and the pursuit of it has been replicated by following which is no slam, people like Jake Paul, which is good. I'm all for it. Um, but greatness and I think what people model in this country has unfortunately degraded the overall quality of our country. <laughs> I'm saying we need some new propaganda. And I would really appreciate if our country could uh, restructure what is cool. And if you don't know what I'm saying, I'm thinking thinking in terms, when I talk about propaganda, I'm referring mostly to, I think it's Edward Bernays, the book Propaganda, um, and how there's a system in place. And I know people don't like conspiracy theories, and I just bashed them. But damn it, I want a fucking change, dude, and whoever is controlling the damn system. I want cool heroes. I want some new uh, new content from the people up top. And I don't know what they have to do. Like, what, what are the... This is why there's a problem with the people who are they. And, like, fuck, man. It should be simple to change things if there is a really big group at top. And it... Oh, man. Who gives a fuck? What else should I talk about? Um, you know... One of the coolest things I've noticed when you go out and about on the Sunday to finish my point yesterday was I think a lot of people were hung over. Okay. And I tried to figure it out because why were there less people out on Sunday? I try to, everything's not a conspiracy to me, but I try to, I, I ask questions. I'm like, I was like, the roads are a little bit more empty today. What the fuck? And I go get gas, and I talk to the gas attendant. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, not too bad. Has it been a slow day? I said, you know what? Actually, kind of has. 
said people and he told me why he said people must have been out late last night like, oh of course people got hammered <laughs> the people who would go out on a sunday in utah stayed out late on a saturday night and did themselves in uh a little too much you know what i'm saying so which i appreciate i honestly love when the roads are a little empty and it's kind of i don't know it's a nice feeling to drive on those days because most of the time everybody's in a hurry you get people who are mad fuck man depending on what time you drive you drive in the day like at the times of day i drive locked down i don't go out at certain times if i can help it Swear to it, man. Swear to it. You won't catch me in 5 o'clock traffic. I'll schedule my whole life around that. I don't want to be in that type of traffic. You ever... People who have wage slaved all fucking day, you know what it's like when you're in front of them and you're not going fast enough and all they want to do is get home, ignore their family, and turn on a TV? (laughs) The urge to just detach... From wage slaving is so fucking strong in some people. And I get it. I get it. World is crazy. But I, you know, I don't like when people, and I I sympathize with angry drivers. So I usually try to drive in the slow lane. I'm a chill dude. I, this is my main rule in life. I am never in a hurry. And I will never run. I stopped running when I stopped playing sports. I swear to it. I walk everywhere. If you see me running, it's to save someone's life. End of story. I will, like, just, you know what I mean? Like, quick, in action. I will run to save a life. Outside of that, I have a no-run policy. Adults don't run. It's a child thing to run. And I think about the kid in junior high, which might have been me at once or twice, who would run to the lunchroom. And you would think, what the fuck is that kid doing? Uh, (laughs) He just appreciates his time. (laughs) He's got to eat quick to maximize it. And uh, one thing I, uh, man, maximize your time. But no running as an adult. Number one rule, do not run. Uh, Except to save a life. What else was like? Oh, don't be in a hurry. Ever. And eat, And even if you're late, don't be in a hurry. Unless it's to save a life. That's my rule. Because I think the no big deal taking my time attitude is dominant. It's the best. And there is a time to rush things. But no need. No need to rush uh, just take your time, enjoy it, enjoy the drive. I really think driving is meditating, and when they take away the ride of driving or controlling a vehicle, I'll be saddened. And that's a conspiracy, that there's an attempt to take away our personal mobility, and I believe in that one, right? I do believe in this idea of restricting um, personal movement, and it's not people who are always in a bracket I think sometimes have a hard time understanding how it's restrictive. So eventually, 
And driving is a privileged thing. You have to get a license anyway, so it's not for everybody. If you don't drive, by the way, what are you doing? And if you don't have the ability to drive, what are you doing? Because if you have to save a life in any circumstance, think about this. You might need to drive so far the way the world's built. And even if you take public transportation, think about this. What if you need to save the bus driver's life? By driving the bus. So I think it's I think it's a it's almost as necessary as a first aid what's it called? CPR first aid certificate. You need both. Okay. To be I think a functioning person in our society, I look at my fellow humans and I ask all of you to get a driver's license. You don't need to drive or get a car. You can be super eco friendly, but get one just in case. You know what I mean? You never know what's going to happen. And, oh, my niece, Catherine, uh, I've brought her up a few times. She is one of the inspirations to starting a YouTube channel. There's a few things that have inspired me. Um, She actually has a link in my channel. If you go to my YouTube channel, scroll down, you'll find her channel. There's not a lot of content there. But she had a proposal for me to talk about organ donation, right, and organ transplants. So uh, she is a recent a recent receiver of a heart transplant, which is pretty amazing, right? That um, first of all, humans can do that shit. That's pretty awesome. Um, and there's several points, two things when you think about organ transplant. Uh, here's a conspiracy. That uh, there's a hospital policy that disregards the value of the individual in some sense. And they might make ultimately an irrationally quick decision to transplant an organ when uh, potentially life-saving choice could be made, right? Um, So there is this belief, first of all, she didn't ask for this question. This conspiracy, she asked for, uh, I should look it up, Um, but um, right now I am live podcasting, so I can't really, I don't want to read it, Uh, I'll just try to recall it from memory. Um, So, well, maybe I'll talk more about that and I'll be a little bit more prepared next time. So, uh, organ donation, what a fascinating thing in general, right? And it's kind of (laughs) nuts. That we take things from other humans and we're like, you're done with that. Put it in somebody else. Whoa, Nelly. It's a wild thing, brother. Uh, And I'm for the extension of life, personally. I'm pro in general. People putting yes on their driver's license and being an organ donor. Generally, if if that's what you want to do. Uh, I'm all for that. Um, it's, man, organ donation. Wow. (laughs) It's a crazy thing. Um, kind of a spooky topic. And speaking of fear on Halloween, my niece must have, I wonder how she grappled with the fear 
for uh, the I don't know for 22 years I think of the need for a heart transplant like that's fascinating uh, what kind of fear you have to overcome and in sense not being afraid I'm anti-fear so she's a strong woman and an example to one of the things I've stated and still believe that when I was growing up didn't I've never believed in the myth of weak women. I think the idea of weak women being like that, that whole feminist talking point, right? That women were weak. They were subdued. Uh, I think that ultimately is something you have to buy into. It might've been true in the past. Okay. But thinking it's true now is delusional, right? Just assuming Everywhere you look is just a disadvantaged woman. Like, what the fuck is our country doing with some of this propaganda? That's what I was saying earlier. We need better propaganda because that shit sucks. For real, for real. Um, American propaganda. Man, what about it? You know what... Um, if you have propaganda in your country and you're a Provo Kid listener that's different from ours, um, I wonder what, like, what would it be? The, the, they must have probably different idols, different movie stars, different Hollywood. I wonder if it's a good thing to find out if there's a Hollywood in every part of the world. And they have a Bollywood, right? But is Bollywood similar? What's the real name for Bollywood? Can't be Bollywood. Um, it's got to be Americanized way of saying it. Um, Jesus Christ, dude. Sometimes talking to yourself is not so exciting. People want to build it up and um, make me... It's not make me. Make uh, talking to yourself as an exciting thing, but honestly, it's really exploratory for me uh, in trying to find out what I'm thinking and what I think about the world and how I interact with it. And sometimes I'm comical, I try to be funny, but most of the time, I'm not too sure, right, what exactly I'm going to do. Today, I knew I was going to talk about fear because I thought that'd be a good topic. Um, and what about fear is interesting. I'm not too sure. But it is not. I think here's why fear is. Here's my breakdown of fear. Fear was ever present in our natural environment. And it still is in some regards. Right. Fear. And what I mean by natural. Fear was natural. It was deserved and well earned. It was. Like, how do you put this? In the past, it was normal and natural. There wasn't as much need to build up fear of things that were, I guess, existential or in the future, right? Because a bear would fucking kill you maybe if you weren't paying attention while you were out tending your shit. Or a coyote might do this or whatever. You know what I mean? Warring factions. So, lots of crazy things happened in the past. But now, in a landscape where humans have 
disposed of most of the the real fears humans actually face. Uh, fear has to be generated. Um, and I wonder if we're meant to be in fearful states. I don't believe so, right? But I think fear and being aware of the actual threats in your environment is natural. And, and unfortunately, we live, or fortunately rather, we live in a world where there are no more threats in some large extent. So there's a, a gap that can be filled psychologically. So news medias know this, security salesmen know this, and they all plug into this gap of fear that is something that will happen in the future. Because in reality, most of the threats in our day-to-day life, I think for humans, have been eliminated. I think the world is actually really safe. And because it's so safe, fear sells fucking so well. Everybody wants to be afraid afraid of something. And um, I prefer to be afraid in maybe like a cathartic way, like Halloween. I like a seasonal type being afraid, right? Rather than this, you know, in America, everything now is perpetual because we're always in a state of emergency. We're in a forever war. We're in a forever, uh, we're up for, hey, guess what? Whether you like it or not, we're fighting this quote-unquote illness forever now. So we've created these forever enemies. <laughs> Terrorism will never be stopped. These illnesses will never end. And it's always in the future. So I don't know. And there's, there's all types of fear, right? But I think the reason it's so successful in today's propaganda cycles is just because life is actually relatively good. It's relatively safe. Um, and in the places where it's not safe, uh, there's plenty of places in America where I would consider uh, <laughs> uh, not safe for sure. And I feel unfortunate for those places. It sucks. Uh, it's, it really sucks that... There are places in America and in the world where I probably wouldn't feel safe and other people don't feel safe. Um, and they don't need even the fear of the propaganda. Just the fear of their actual environment is so fucking real. Uh, and then ampl- take that into consideration too. These places where uh, there are day-to-day, there is day-to-day rather violence, right? And then you have propaganda <laughs> of like a... This ever-impending doom of viral... I can't say the word, right? I'm trying not to say words. Um, fuck. But the propaganda is nuts when you have to deal with real-life fear and propaganda fear. And propaganda fear is always something that hasn't happened yet. Climate change is one of those fucking fears. Hey, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's what they say. So I'm going to tax you now. Um, the communists are going to take over the world in the future if you if you don't stop them now. These Russians, uh, <laughs> if they take over Ukraine, they'll take over the world. They'll come for you. They're going to, you know what I mean? Oh man, fear. And I think there was a weird psychological operation. Play, I feel like probably for sure was placed on Americans and people all were allowed to participate in it if they wanted. It was like a, you know, those drills in school 
that, oh, it's a fire drill. And then you can kind of like walk backwards in the line and not take it seriously. You know what I mean? So America did one of those drills for two years. And you could have goofed off and did what you wanted, I think. Some people had real consequences of not bending the knee. And uh, those situations suck. Um, Where people were actually forced to, not forced, in some sense they had a choice, I would say, at the end of the day. But a lot of people's lives were held against... Uh, a certain standard or system, and I'm you're saying we're at maybe New York is an example I'd point to, uh, but in general, like in I th- say for the most part, uh, yeah, there's is everybody's choice to participate in the last two years, three years, uh, and it was like a fire drill, and you could have fucking stood in line and did what everybody did and uh, felt like the rules were real, and slowly, but it's surely we all saw they weren't right (laughs) like oh this shit was stupid as fuck um man what a crazy podcast we're just about over we got uh six minutes left thank you for watching or listening wherever you are now or in the future um is there any more fear topics i can talk about the the forever fear cycle the forever fear campaign it's never ending. Um, <laughs> there's money to be made. And I don't know. It makes sense to why people would use fear. Um, I feel like some of the most negative things or emotions in human life breed some of them or attract some of the most attention, like conflict for content. Uh, Jim Bob was, I don't want to bring him up too much, but. Uh, he was, and I don't know if it's intentional because you might talk about something like I have and someone would say, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to make a conflict of the issue for content. So I have to think about what I'm going to say because it's likely I've probably made conflict content. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm, I'm neither for nor against it, but it is an interesting thing because if you just share your own thoughts like some people are doing that's what i'll say you're going to create conflict that's just what's going to happen and i could call someone's content conflict content but really they're just sharing their thoughts and them sharing their thoughts generates a conflict um you look at kanye west he is the master of conflict content (laughs) he dominates the conflict content scene dude uh, better than anyone. And he could apologize tomorrow and everybody would just like, cool, dude, Kanye's back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yo, you see Ye? He's back, dude. The black Jew's back. And is he a Jew? I wonder, I bet he, like he said he was. And I bet he didn't DNA ancestry thing. People just don't say stuff like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee he did a DNA 23 in me. So I bet he feels pretty confident in saying that, whatever he said about being uh, a Jew. And I wonder, like, is that what a Jew says? Or do they say I'm Judaic? I am, I think maybe, like, I don't know what a real Jew is. Um, Because it could be an Orthodox. How would would I know? Who am I? (laughs) 
what's a real Jew? Who knows, man? Who cares? Uh, don't give a fuck. Are you a real Jew? Are you a real Mormon? Uh, I was baptized in the water. So <laughs> my name's in the book for the team. Uh, if, if God pulled up a book of the names of the group, I'm in the names of that group. So, and it's interesting where people execute. I think the Catholic Church might have something similar. I wonder if all churches do, where they have a, a log of everyone who's a part of it. And so if you're Catholic, it goes straight to the Vatican. And the, Va- the Pope, for example, could call you up on your phone. Like, I saw you were, you joined the church yesterday. Like, holy shit, no way. The Pope makes home calls. Fuck, dude. Thanks, dude. You're amazing. Um, man. It's interesting, the Pope. The Pope, the prophet. <sighs> cool people, dude. The people who are at the top of anything. There's always somebody. Anybody notice that? There's always somebody at the top, even on Skid Row. I bet if you go to Skid Row, I start asking around. I bet someone's name pops up. I guarantee I go to Skid Row. I've never been, don't want to go. But my point being, you would probably be able to ask a few of the, the locals, say, Yo, who who's top dog here? I don't know the lingo. But they would probably point me in a direction. Because there's a hierarchy everywhere. And there's always someone at the top. Um, whether people know it or not. it was in, It's interesting. It's like the... There was that Instagram, it was a feminist Instagram that got real popular, but the owner of the Instagram channel, is it a channel? Whatever the fuck it is, the Instagram account was a dude. And I was like, what the fuck? Is that okay? Can can you own and operate a feminist and women empowering, uh, what would it be called, page? Hangout? I don't know. I don't give a fuck. But people were bothered by it, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine that. Like, I've been following this account forever. And to find out it's a man, what if he transitioned to a woman? Would the account then be okay? I don't know. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Provo Kid Podcast. We're just about hitting the the end marker here thank you for listening we started with no such animal um we are gonna end with lonely heights crybaby and here's what i'm gonna end on as well as far as fear i think as i've grown as in as an adult the biggest fears i've had in my life are all of things that have never happened and i wonder if it if it's a byproduct of the propaganda system or if it's a natural thing for humans to worry about things in the future that haven't happened. Um, but you think about like uh, the drills that make kids go through school, like these rituals of like fear in the future. And, um, you know, I don't know, man. It's so, but my point is the fears that I've had were mostly unfounded. Uh, for example, I might have fear sometimes in regards to like I had I hate saying this, but I had my ear I had a problem with my ear, you know, I had a fear of like the future 
of not fixing it or some some irrational fear. It was in the future of me. What was it? Fuck, dude, I can't even make my own point. <laughs> That's why I'd be a good moderator. I can't make a fucking point. Um, but I did have a fear. Oh, I did fear of going into the, uh, I remember what I was going to say, the first aid clinic or whatever, and not receiving the help I really needed, right? Um, but in reality, this fear I had wasn't real. I went there and I got the help I needed. So, and I think men in general struggle with going, I've heard this, to places, medical first aid stations for help. <laughs> they do it in video games so damn well, but uh, they'll fucking recharge that health pack so fast, but they will not go get their ear checked but i got my ear checked out and resolved the issue so far uh thankful for that um is there anything else but my thing my point is try not to be afraid of shit in the future it just is a waste of time and yeah man the fear of what oh the fear of things in the future is the worst it's the worst i hate it (laughs) But it is the season of fear, so get your uh, do do fear whatever your Halloween fear stuff you're gonna do. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. And this is gonna be crybaby. Don't be a crybaby. Okay. I would appreciate it if you wouldn't be crybabies. By Lonely Heights local band.